Caloundra City Private School is an independent, non-denominational school located in Pelican Waters on the Sunshine Coast. The mantra for our school is every student matters. We aim for every child to be confident, resilient, organised, persistent and social in all aspects of their lives in and out of the classroom. This podcast series is designed to share valuable insights from academic leaders on current educational research and perspectives, as we all strive to help our young people reach their potential in today's ever-changing world. On Tuesday the 16th of May, an expert on child safety, Brett Lee, presented the following seminar to our years 10, 11 and 12 students about keeping safe online. Mr Lee has an extensive career in law enforcement, having worked for the Queensland Police Service for many years as both an officer and a detective working specifically in this field. Through the company he created, Internet Education and Safety Services, Brett's mission is to equip and educate young Australians with the skills and knowledge to enable them to use the internet safely, whilst making them aware of their rights and responsibilities in the cyber world. During this presentation, he delivers a commanding message with powerful, sometimes confronting truths about cyber safety, information today's young people need to hear. Please note, the following seminar was designed for years 10, 11 and 12 students and is not recommended for younger listeners without parental consent. Now guys, I talk about all different sorts of topics all around the world to students, both primary, secondary and adults, in relation to technological use. One thing I don't do is try and create an element of fear about technology. I certainly don't try to encourage people not to use technology or to make it part of their world. I've got four kids myself, age 14 up to 22. Some of them are heavily involved in technology, and I'm happy for that. But I understand from my experience, and I'll outline that shortly, that things need to go with that to be able to get all the positives out of technology and reduce risks. Today I've chosen one topic, but even though I just choose uh, one topic to speak to you today about, and I think it's very important, as young adults there are things that maybe you haven't looked at from a particular perspective in relation to this topic. The principles that I try to deliver are the same, no matter what topic I'm talking about. So the principles that are, I suppose, embedded in this presentation can be applied to any issue that you may be engaged in when it comes to being part of that online world. Guys, I'm not here today, like I said, to encourage people not to use technology. It's exactly the opposite. I just want to give you a few things to remember. Maybe a few things to consider and think about. Like I said, you've never thought about it from that perspective before. Maybe for a lot of you, as you walk out of here, I'm just confirming the things that you already know. Because it is easy to create an environment whereby you do get all those positives from the internet. And that the choices you're making now doesn't affect the opportunities you get when you leave this school. The internet is a positive place and most people, no matter what you see on that screen or what you're encouraged to believe, are making sound choices online. Do you know what some adults say to me? Teenagers don't get it, you give them a mobile phone, they've got no idea, they just do the wrong thing. I say that's absolutely not the case. I said if every teenager in Australia was making bad choices online, the line out of the police station and the principal's office would be eight kilometres long every day. And I'm going to prove that to you today in real terms. You know what, there's a lot of misunderstandings and a lot of misconceptions when it comes to technology. And do you know why that is? We develop our ideas or what we believe just by looking at a screen and then we just imagine the rest. Adults are the same. So today, guys, I want to deliver to you maybe something that you haven't heard before. 
And I'm going to say this as well, no matter what I say, I am not here today to judge anybody. I'm not here today to challenge your moralistic views, your ethical beliefs. I'm not here today to say what is right or wrong. Do you know what this whole presentation is about? You thinking about some of these things and considering how could this affect me? How could this affect my family? How could this affect my community? If I made certain choices online, not about whether we think it's right or wrong, not about whether we think it's a big deal or I was just mucking around, it's about how could this affect me? And also, how could this affect my family? So guys, like I said, I'm not here to judge anybody, but I know there will be people here who may feel a little bit uncomfortable by some of the things I say. I'm very unapologetic, because you know why you deserve to hear the truth. And I would rather you consider these things now and not when you're sitting in the principal's office or the police station. Not when your, your time at this school is over because of the choices you made on the internet and not because you're an evil, sinister person, it's because you're a young person. And you were, your mind was affected by poisonous cultures on the internet. So guys, as I go through, do you know what? This is a very personal thing. Do you know why it's personal? Because no one else types those keys for you. This is totally up to you. If people sit in a police station because of what they did on the internet, it's a result of the choices that they made. So this is about you protecting yourself. What's best for me? Don't worry about what your friends are thinking. Don't worry about uh, peer group pressure. I've got to be accepted. I've got to be seen to be a particular type of person. You think, what is best for me? Because when you type that key, that is stuck to you for the rest of your life. So remember, the messages I have as well are the truth. Because these are things that I've seen. It's come from my experience. And I think you deserve to see this. So I'm just going to go through my background. Because, I mean, my messages are always simple and basic. It's not difficult. And for a lot of you already know this stuff. So why would the school bring an outsider in to pass these messages on? I have driven from Brisbane um, to speak to you today. I don't have a teaching background. I've got a law enforcement background. I spent 22 years in the Queensland Police. And for 16 of those years, I was a detective. And I've investigated everything from shoplifting up to murder. And I've arrested people for those offences. But for most of my time as a detective, I investigated adults who were looking to harm, hurt or abuse children. I was involved uh, on the edges of the Daniel Morecambe investigation many years ago. So I do have a lot of experience when it comes to criminal investigations. I'm no longer in the police. When I left the police, I had the chance to work for the United States government in a country called Iraq. And over there, I was a teacher. That's me, bottom right-hand corner. I was a police instructor at the Iraq National Police Academy, training these men from Iraq how to be police officers. So like you guys would turn up to class with your books and your pens, my students would turn up with their machine guns. So a little bit different, same sort of concept, obviously a very dangerous classroom, and these are what they are, they're just a few interesting pictures to um, finish off the day with. Now this next slide is probably why I want to deliver my specific messages to you, and they're just things to remember. It's because as a detective I was very lucky I got the opportunity to go to the United States and I worked with the FBI in their undercover internet team. I also worked for the Department of Homeland Security at their Cyber Crime Centre in Washington DC. And I also worked for some local police, like you have the Sunshine Coast Police, I worked for the San Jose Police in California, I worked for the Dallas Police in Texas at their Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Now I'm going to tell you what all this means. I was very fortunate in that I had the opportunity to be trained by world experts in the field of internet investigations. And that presented to me a very unique face of technology that not many people get the opportunity to see. Like I said, most people put their face behind their screen. They upload their photos. They look at interesting goat videos in YouTube. They, um, they play their online games. They buy things. Um, you know, they uh, do their banking online. And I understand that. And that's what the internet's fantastic for. They connect and share information with friends and family. 
And that's what most people use it for. But this job showed me a very different side to technology. It showed me an insight into human nature that not many people get a chance to see. Because you know what I worked out? The internet is very good at reading people's minds. Sucking things out of their mind that would, that, that would normally stay there. Doing and saying things online that they'd never do in the physical world. The internet's very good at that. It does that by creating illusions. I have arrested hundreds and hundreds of people for doing nothing more, some of them students, for doing nothing more than typing the wrong keys on their keyboard in the privacy of their own home, pushing the wrong buttons on their phone. And unfortunately for them, they didn't go to cyber prison because there's no such place as cyber prison. They went to a real world prison. What an amazing analogy to prove that when I put my face behind that screen, I'm in a real world because I'm connected to real people so nothing has actually ch changed. So we must never forget this. And I know people say, oh, I know this stuff. But do you know all those people I arrested? They would have said they knew it as well. But when they put their face behind that screen, they became victims to the illusions, the grand illusion the internet plays on a human being. It makes them feel that they can have privacy in that world. Do you know all of those criminals sitting in my police station, they all had a few things in common. One, they never imagined it would be them sitting there. Two, they were sorry and wanted to take it back. Three, they probably wouldn't have done it in the physical world. They just did it online because of a number of re reasons. And the fourth thing they had in common is they never imagined a police officer would see it. And some of them would even go, oh, you weren't supposed to see that. And I said, oh, duh. <laughs> of course I wasn't supposed to see it, <laughs> but I did. And now you've got to face consequences for it. The illusion of privacy. Do you know how well the internet does that to people, adults in particular? I have adults who say, I deserve my privacy on the internet. I said, oh, that's interesting. Who told you that? Where's this come from? Where'd you learn that? Have you got a contract saying you deserve privacy on the internet? You're connected to three billion people. You're in the most public place you'll ever be. You send a photo or an email, it's not up to you if it stays private. It's up to the person at the other end. It's up to the million different scenarios that can make what you want to be private more than anything in the world to become public. And everyone's shocked. These adults are shocked that they get called into the boss's office and someone's given the boss a printout of what they said about the boss last night on the internet. And that adult's shocked. And that's the same adult that says, oh, I know the internet's public. They just don't reflect that in their choices. Guys, never a truer word was spoken. That's where the internet gets people. Those people sitting in my police station all believed that what they were doing on the internet was private. I spoke at a GPS school in Brisbane, first term this year. Last year, the school captain, 17 years of age, and another student at the school were arrested at the school and expelled instantly. One of the, the school captains sent a photograph to a student from another school. A parent saw it and was so angry and infuriated because of the nature of the image, that mother went straight to the police, handed the phone over, the police did a forensic examination on the phone, traced it back to that student, went to the school, arrested the student on the spot. Examined his phone, found that that photo had been sent to him by another student, went and arrested that student. Luckily, that's where the photo originated from, or at the school anyway. Guys, these things are happening. And why am I here today? Because I don't want you to go down that path just because you're a young person making choices online. Those students weren't evil, sinister criminals. Their mind had been poisoned by cultures on the internet to make them believe, oh, this is what my community's about now. It's okay to do this. This is just funny. So they didn't, you know what they didn't rely on? Their wisdom, their knowledge, what they really knew about this world. So guys, that's why some of this information today may be a little bit confronting. It's because I think, I think you deserve and you're certainly mature enough to hear some of these messages. But again, 
I am not here today to judge anybody. But I think it's important we hear it now before something may happen that could change our life forever, just like those two students. Now, I do have a bit of an understanding of some of the pressures you may face on the internet, even though I was never a teenager with technology. It was my job for five years as a detective to go on the internet and pretend to be you. So it was my job to pretend to be a teenage boy or a teenage girl on the internet, and I did that for thousands of hours. So I've actually been a teenage girl on the internet longer than any teenage girl in Australia's history. So I know what it means to be a young lady on the internet. I also know what it's like to be a young man. Um, playing those online games, dozens and dozens of social networking sites, fictitious ones, pretending to be a teenager. I've arrested 89 adult men, very dangerous criminals, online looking for the uh, young people in our community. These people are real. And that's where all my messages come from. It's things that I've seen on the internet when I was pretending to be you. But I want to make this even more specific. I have some understanding of the pressures you may face as you grow through this school and when you leave this school. And those pressures will probably be different as the pressures your parents may face on the internet and they won't understand. I know that purely because of your age, where you are in your life, there'll be people who may try and place pressures upon you to go against who you are and make choices for different reasons. Every person in this world is different. But in general, some young people will experience, well, most will experience those pressures online, and I understand that. But there's no way around this information. You're the one typing the keys. You've got to train yourself. Do you know where a lot of these bad choices are made? In a, where somebody feels they're in a very private place. So you have to remember this stuff, not just now. You might listen to my presentation and go, you know what, I'm stepping that through. That sounds, that's just common sense. That, that sounds perfect. But you know what? It's not now that you have to think that. It's when you're in a position where you feel you may make a choice that goes against who you are and who your family is. So I know most of you are on the right page, and I'll tell you why shortly. But this is how I understand a little bit as to what it means to be a young person online. I'm not going to talk about technology there. Some of the programs I'd use, some of those are old, some of them don't exist anymore, and some of them aren't popular. Here's some of the more popular micro-social networking programs we have at the moment. I'm not going to talk about it at all. Some of my kids social network, I don't social network socially. Do you know why? It's not because I don't agree with it. It's because I don't want to. I've just made a decision I don't need it. I've got other things to do. That, but that's just me. Everyone's got a different personality. One thing I do want to say, if you want to be the captain of this school, whether you have a captain or not, I'm not sure. If you want to make sport your career, if you want to make music or creativity or the arts your career, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, you want more friends than anybody else in the world. You want to be the first man on Mars. You want to be the female doctor who cures cancer. You want to be the best tradesperson. You want to be a successful businessman or businesswoman. You can achieve that without ever having a social networking site. These are added extras. Do you know what they're very good at doing? Making people believe you've got to have one of these. It will make you popular. It will give you friends. It will help you achieve something. It does not do that. It is an added extra. I've never had a student say to me, hey, I'm school captain. Do you know how I did it? I got an Instagram account. Now, I'm glad some of you think that's comical because it is comical. We know that he can't achieve that for us. So please don't think to achieve whatever you want in this world that you have to have one of these. So I talk about that for quite a while, but I'm not going to today because I've got more interesting information to show you. This is your choice, these programs. Do you know what they're very good at doing? Making you believe you have to have one. Then you know what else they do? They encourage people to gather up the most valuable piece of property 
that they are ever going to own on the internet that's worth more than gold, and that's their personal information, to give it to them for nothing so they can sell it to people and companies and make billions of dollars. We're not Instagram's customer, we're the commodity. They use our property, our personal information. And why do people so readily give it to strangers on the internet where they wouldn't hand it to strangers in the street? Because they've been made to believe that it's going to give them something, that they're the ones that are going to get rewarded. Do you know who Instagram's customer is? The people and the companies that Instagram sell your information to, and they make billions of dollars. And they know it doesn't achieve anything. Do you know how they know that? It's free. They can't charge for it or they'll lose half of their customers in 24 hours. So that's the place it really plays in people's lives. I'm not saying they're bad, but I'm saying we could look at it from that perspective and then weigh it up. Where does it fit in my life? So I, won't, I said I wasn't going to talk anymore about it, so I won't. I have social networking, but for business. And someone else runs it. I don't even run it. So it does have its uses, but it needs to be managed and we need to look at it from that perspective. So I'm going to talk for the rest of the time, 33 minutes on this one subject, and I'm going to tell you why. First term this year, I spoke at Bond University and I spoke to 2,200 teenagers from ages 15 to 18, years 10 to 12. 2,200 of them. And I spoke for the whole presentation at this conference to these young people, young adults, about this one subject. But this presentation was a bit different. It was the first one of this type I'd ever done. During the presentation, within it, I had interdispersed five polls. I had five questions for these students, just like you, from all different sorts of schools, state, Catholic, independent, private, um, uh, schools across Queensland and northern New South Wales. So I had five questions for them. And there were four options for each question. And they had their mobile phone in the audience. And they could vote live when I put the question up. And the results were put on the screen. I'm going to show you the results. And it's all to do with sexting. Now, I want to say something. I made a mistake. I've only been talking about this now for about three weeks. And the first school I spoke at it about as a result of that conference. So I was speaking to the year 10 boys. And I said, here's the first question I asked these teenagers. And here's the four choices they could make. I said, hands up if you would have chosen the first one. Do you know the first thing they did? I think you know. They looked around to see what everyone else was voting on. They didn't want to be left out. They didn't want to be the only one. They wanted to be accepted. They didn't want people to think of them in a particular way. Their answer was going to be influenced by peer pressure. So that was useless. So I don't do that anymore. It, it, was, it, it was pointless. I wouldn't have got an accurate reading. When these teenagers did it, they voted on their phone. It was them and their screen. Other people were doing the same. No one could see what they were voting on. So this was relatively anonymous. And I said to them, I'm challenging you to look within yourself. This is your opportunity to not only send a true message to your peers, but to the entire community, including parents and your school community, as to who you really are inside. Not being influenced by what other people think. So this is your opportunity to tell the community who you are inside. And you're going to see the results of these polls. And I had two open-ended questions, and I'm going to show you what they were, and I'll tell you what the most common answers were. But first of all, what is sexting? I know you know. It's the distribution of a sexually explicit image from one user to another user or receipt of the same via information communication technology. Just sending a naked photograph of yourself to somebody over the internet. Or receiving it. Both those people are involved in the practice of sexting. Here's the first poll that I gave them. They were voting. Teenagers, just like yourself. How common do you believe sexting is amongst your group? 
I said, not what you see on the internet or what you imagine. Those people standing beside you every day of the week who you trust and you interact with. How many of your peer group do you think are involved in sexting? The winner. It would be surprising to me if any of my friends were involved. So guys, the next time someone says to you, particularly someone online, everybody does this. This is just what we do now. This is part of being in a relationship. Everybody does this. You know they're lying. They're not telling you that to help you. They're telling you that to get what they want. Most young people, teenagers in our community, don't do it. And when you don't, you're trusting your instincts, you're trusting who you are, and you're in the majority. And do you know what this answer would have been a result of? Virtually no education in relation to this subject. These are qualities that they have naturally absorbed from the community that they live in, so much so that most of their, young, uh, most of their friends don't do it. Look at the second one. I know that some of my peer group get involved, but only a few. In our community, we can have whatever laws we want. There's people who get all the information, yet they still choose to make bad choices. They're usually the people in prison, but they represent an extremely small percentage of our community. Most people don't do this. Technology has changed nothing. Yes, we can do it, but that doesn't mean is this best for me? So we've got to think, what if this photo got out? Why am I doing this? Is this really who my community is? So most young people don't do it. They had no reason to vote like that because they were just doing it themselves. What can make it illegal? 189 students just like you in Queensland alone last year were arrested for one or more of some of the most serious federal criminal offences we have. This is a definition from the Federal Criminal Code. And I've summarised it. It's a picture or a video that shows a person who is or appears to be under 18. And that material is sexually explicit or used for sexual reasons. It is a federal criminal offence to have it. If you have a photograph on your device and it shows a person who, who's under 18, doesn't matter who it is, and it's, of a sex, uh, it's sexually explicit and used for, sexual perp or it's for used for sexual purposes, you can be arrested for that. That's how our community looks upon it. It's not, our community has decided it's not natural, it is dangerous, and it is illegal. People go to prison for having these photographs. That one slide, I think there could be some people who step back and go, man, why would I get involved in that? I was just doing it because I thought it was a bit funny. I didn't see the big deal. Now I do. Why would I have that stuff? Why would I want to have anything to do with it? So guys, it is illegal if those pictures and videos depict people under the age of 17. And do you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're 10, 12, 15, 16, 18, 21, 37, 49, 52, 63, 71. You can be arrested for having this material. It is highly illegal. It always has been, even before the internet came along. And you know why? Because these offences weren't invented for you. Young people aren't doing this to harm children. This was invented for adults who would abuse children, photograph it and video it, and then use it to blackmail the child or to sell it or to trade it. That's why it's so serious. And the laws haven't changed. So it's against the law to either have it, to make it... Oops, sorry, I always do that or to distribute it, to post it or send it. A federal criminal offence. And like I said, when does it get people? When they least expect it. Do you know there's one safe way to do this? To never do it. <laughs> to never have anything to do with this. And I'll explain why shortly. Is this fair? 
I don't know, but it's just how it is. So we've got to, we've got to trust what we know is right or wrong in this community. Because you know when this will be acceptable and normal? When you're prepared to print a naked photograph of yourself out and put it on the school notice board and think nothing of it. And other people walk past, teachers and parents and students, they see your naked photograph on the school notice board and go, oh yeah, there's such and such now. That's when it'll be just what people do. And I don't think we're quite to that stage yet. So, you know the first thing, if, if I said, hey, print a naked photograph of yourself out and put it on the school notice board, do you know what the first response is gonna be? Well, one of the first responses, it's gonna be, why? That's what the response is gonna be. Do you know what this is? People who generally engage in this it's not that they're not intelligent, it's not that they're bad people, they've just never thought it through. They've never stepped it through. All their ideas and their influences come from technology. And that's not there to protect you. It's those people around you in the physical world, they're the ones who want the best for you. So this is my second poll. Should sexting be illegal as it relates to teenagers? This is teenagers telling me that if they get involved in it, they should be arrested. So this is what their response is. The winner, by far, it needs to be illegal, it's serious. Again, these young people, virtually with no education in relation to this, understand what this really means. They're saying to me, yeah, look, whether I do it or not, I should be arrested for this if I get involved because this is serious. Most teenagers think like that. And look at the next one, it may depend on the circumstances. Do you know what that is? I know exactly what they're meaning there. Otherwise they would have voted there. They're thinking, well, maybe if the people involved are 16 or up, maybe they're in a relationship and it's consensual, there's no threats, there's no um, pressure, and it's consensual and they send the photographs. Maybe that should be okay. Do you know what? I think we're gonna get to a stage in our community where it's gonna be separated from the child sex offenders. Because you know what? If a 14-year-old gets arrested for possession of that child exploitation material, on their police record for the rest of their life, they will be listed as a registered child sex offender for having that photograph at 14 years of age or whatever age. So they're saying, why should we put him be in that category? I don't think they should. But do you know what happens at this stage, guys? When young people get arrested for dealing with this sort of material, when they're sitting in the police station, they go, hey, hang on. I didn't do this to hurt anybody. Look, what's the big deal? It's just a photograph. I mean, it's me and my girlfriend, you know, or you know, me and my boyfriend, whatever. Hey, well, why is it such a big deal? You know what the police are going to have to say? We don't have to prove why you've got it. We've just got to prove that you have it. So the reason isn't even taken into account as it stands now. So they're saying it may depend on the circumstances. I think it'll always be against the law. Why? Because it is serious. It can destroy people's lives. Because you know what? That person that you're in a relationship with now, maybe you're not in a relationship with them next week. Maybe next month. Maybe in a year maybe in two years, maybe in five years, and they got that photo on their phone, they have total control over the most private personal thing you'll ever have in your life. They have total control over that for the rest of your life. There is no safe way to deal with this material or engage in this practice. And remember, this isn't to be anti-technology. This is you sitting there going, how could this affect me if it did get out? What if I was in a relationship? I don't imagine it's ever gonna end, but what if it did and that person's got it? At least I'm gonna have a little bit of concern or anxiety and worry about it, what's happening to it. So no good does come from this. That's what I believe anyway. The next, why do it? I asked him an open-ended question. I said, I believe teenagers may engage in sexting because, and this is what the teenagers said. Do you know what all these are, guys? 
They're things that they want to get. They're feeling that I'm going to get something out of this. They do it. Everybody does it. We know everybody doesn't do it. But they're being tricked by poisonous cultures into thinking that people do. So because everybody's doing it, I'm just doing the same as everybody else. That must be okay. I don't know. It's just what you do. They have no reason not to get involved in it. They haven't heard one message that would give them a reason not to. That's a lack of education. This is why they do it. It's usually to get something out of it themselves. If people are pressuring you to do this, if the pressure is coming from yourself, that pressure is not to help you out. That pressure is serving itself and so is that other person. So this shows that young people, they're not doing it to harm others, they're not doing it to be bad. For some reason or another, they've been told that they're going to, or they think they're going to get something out of it. So that's why they do it. The third poll, how do you think your parents would react if you became involved in sexting? Here we go again. I was guilty of underestimating the internal qualities of the young adults in our community. See these when these results came up on the screen in real time? I was speechless. I, I couldn't even talk for a while. Particularly the first one. I imagined that it'd at least be 50-50. So this is why, these are awesome results to me. Most young people have enough faith in their family unit that they know I can put enough trust in my parents and they respect me enough that I could have a conversation with them. And this, they weren't going through this, they were imagining. Because you see this one here? They would freak out and overreact. That's what my kids would have voted on. And they're right, I would have. That's why my wife handles these sorts of things if they happen. And it hasn't happened, but that's why she would handle it. Do you know what, guys? I think everybody here has one person in their life that they trust and respect enough and feel comfortable enough with that if they felt uncomfortable with this, they'd done it, and it was scaring them as to what was going to happen, they were fearful of something, that they could go and talk to that person about it. Because you know what? Something can always be done to help. No matter what you have done online, now or in the future, something can be done to help, and it usually starts with a conversation. Privacy. This is the main reason people do it. Because I said to them, how likely would you be to take it back if you truly believed your images would become public? When I spoke to those year 10 boys, there was a boy down the front who responded to that instinctively. Couldn't stop himself. He goes, oh, that's just common sense. Now, I don't like to talk about common sense because one person's knowledge that relates to their common sense may be different to another person. But this young man said, well, that's just common sense. Why would you want the whole world to see those sorts of photographs? He's got internal reasons as to why. And that's the result. I would definitely want to take it back. A few people here may not have been uh, as honest as they could have. But look at the results. You add all the others together and the other one was five times more than those. Of course they'd want to take it back. This is the second open-ended question. The one thing that you could think of that would stop you from sexting would be there were two clear winners. The second winner, or the, the one that came second, was I wouldn't want a criminal history. That's why it needs to be illegal. That one thing, knowing that it's serious in our community, ticks a box and gives a person an extra reason not to get involved in it. We can't let it be optional because you know what? They'll say, it's not such a big deal, I'm just gonna do it. It's the consequences we need to think about. And I'm just talking about the criminal considerations. What if students from another school got it and decided for whatever reason to destroy your life? with those images. 
There is, like I said, there is no safe way to do this. I believe it has to be illegal. It needs to be, the categories need to be separated though to look at why someone was doing it, other circumstances. So the seriousness of it. But it does, I believe, need to be serious. Do you know what the winner was? The number one reason that a teenager could think of that would stop them from sexting would be they didn't want to disappoint their family or their parents or they didn't want to upset their family or their parents. That was the number one reason. Survey done over 10 years in England, finished recently. A whole range of different topics, surveying uh, particular tens of thousands of teenagers in England. They found with every topic, the main reason that young people had to make good choices was they didn't want to disappoint those people in the fit in, that they respected. Quite often that was their family unit. So, do you know what? We need to draw on that. Do you know, hey, do you know why I'm saying this, this particular one? It's because if we believe the internet's private, we may never have a reason to consider that my parents could see it. That's impossible because it's private. So if we can fully embrace the fact that the internet's public and that anybody can see it, including my parents, that could be another reason to give ourselves as to why not do this when the pressure gets put on. Very quickly, I'm going to go through a real-world analogy. If you're not convinced that it's probably not good for you to send sexually explicit images of yourself or receive them, just imagine you're in the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane. Now, I know that's not the Queen Street Mall because I had a student the other day go, looking at their friend, going, that's not the Queen Street Mall. That's, no, that's, that's not the Queen Street I know it's not the Queen Street Mall. Just imagine that it's the Queen Street Mall. And you're there... It's a Saturday, it's lunchtime, hundreds of people around and you're standing in the middle there. And you're looking through the crowd to find somewhere to eat. To eat. So you're, you're walking through and you push your way through the crowd and you walk up to someone. Well, no, actually, you're looking through the crowd and you see someone you like, whether you've met them before or not. So you push your way through the crowd, you walk up to that person and you take all your clothes off. Or that person says to you, Hey, you, take all your clothes off. And you go, oh, okay. So you take all your clothes off. Now, I can tell by your reaction, some people's body language changed a little bit. Um, some people laughed, and I understand that. Or, um, you know, what, what's he talking about? It didn't really happen, did it? What? So a bit confused. I made eye contact with a few people. Oh, it's embarrassing. Some people go, oh, stop talking. That's ridiculous. And do you know, guys, I'm just talking about it. But just, you've told me from your response that you would never do that. You'd go, well, what, why would I do that? I mean, I could embarrass myself. I could get myself into trouble. I could put people off their food. <laughs> I'd never do that. And do you know what? That photo would look different, wouldn't it? You'd be standing in the middle and there'd be a big ring of bitumen around you because everyone would just go, whoa! I mean, you wouldn't walk past someone and go, oh, there's another naked person. Now, what am I having for lunch? Everyone would be going, what? And they'd be on their, straight on their phones to the police after they videoed it and put it on YouTube, of course. But then they'd be straight on their phone to the police. And if I was walking the beat in the mall and I got that call over the radio, I'd run there with my partner and we'd have to arrest that person because that's against the law. You're not allowed to do that. That's called willful exposure. It's only a simple offence. They're not hurting anybody. But it's called willful exposure. So I'd have to arrest that person. But I wouldn't take them to a police station. I'd take them to a hospital because there must be something wrong with them. You just don't do that. You know what, guys? 
when people send naked photographs of themselves over the internet, that is exactly what they're doing. They've just never looked at it in that way. They feel that, that, that illusion of privacy and that control and trust as to what's going to happen with it because they're getting the most private thing they'll ever own in their life and they're putting it into a community with potentially three billion people and they'll have no control over that for the rest of their lives. It's exactly the same. So just looking at it from that perspective. I usually don't talk to young people about this. I'll, I'll mention this example to parents tonight maybe. But do you know what? Sexting was around when I was growing up. The problem was we had to take the film down to the chemist to get developed before we mailed the photograph to the other person. You're laughing. Yes, it's ridiculous. That's why people didn't do it. We'd go, what? You know what we had? You know what we had? Social indicators. We had to actually take time. It would cost money. It could be embarrassing. And those things were real to us before we actually did that. Now, you've got this little magic black box. 24 hours a day. You can create pictures and videos in a split second without thinking it through and share it with your closest three billion friends in another split second without thinking it through. No wonder some young people, no wonder some adults, are being, their minds are being poisoned to do it just because they can and they don't get the opportunity to see it through, uh, to see what it really is and to step it through. So guys, I hope I've helped today just thinking about one thing, going, you know what? I have had that pressure put on. I nearly sent one. I thought, oh, this will just finish the pressure. Or, you know, they've sent me one. I've got to send them one. I want to be accepted by this group. Everyone else is doing it, so that's okay. I want to feel that I want to be more mature. Maybe there's something now just sitting in the back of your mind where you go, you know what? If that person really did care about me, why would they, want me to, why would they uh, expect me to put myself in that position? Now, guys, I'm going to finish off. Oh, well, there's the last poll. From today... What is the likelihood that you would be involved in sexting? Here's the results of the last poll. Most people, no. Nearly all of them, no. Yeah. Okay. I think you know there could have been a few people voting who maybe didn't tell the truth. Or they didn't think about it. Okay, there is almost no chance I would get involved. Here's the clear winner. You know what, like I said at the start, there's always going to be people who do this, but they're always going to be in the vast minority. Do you know what, do you know what I would hate to think? That had someone received the right information, they wouldn't have got involved. I mean, you've got the people who are going to do the wrong thing even though they know where they stand. You've got the people who do know where they stand and make a good choice to protect themselves. But then you've got the people who probably haven't been given a good enough reason yet to know why I just don't do it. And maybe there's one or two of you here today. So hopefully there's some information that may have made you think about it in a different way. Now, questions to ask yourself with any topic on the internet. Why am I doing this? Is this really who I am? How could this affect me, my family, my community and my future if it became public? I can guarantee you, if you want to follow a path, an exclusive path such as sport or the arts, the choices you're making now can determine the opportunities you get in the future. Because I'll tell you this, organisations, companies and brands do not tolerate bad choices online because you know what? That's a reflection on their company and they will not associate themselves with those sorts of people. Every good choice you make now, you are rewarding yourself for the rest of your life. There is an Australian swimmer an amazing person in our community, has given back to the community many times over what they've received, won Olympic gold medals, sent a message through a micro-blogging site called Twitter. 
and put one word in there that cost her $2 million in sponsorship deals and it, caused, it really chipped away at her self-esteem where she would cry uncontrollably and it affected her life. And she didn't do it because she believed what she was saying. She wasn't referring to some particular minority group, but a few people got offended by it, went to the papers and it was all across the papers. And she couldn't undo that. Yeah, I think some of you know who I might be talking about. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, swimmer Stephanie Rice. Yeah, but an amazing person. She had people come forward and say, that's not who she is, she didn't mean that. But it was misinterpreted by the public. At the end of the day, she lost those opportunities. She's made, you know, she's given back so much, a great person. So no one's suggesting those bad choices you make is because you're not a good person. But the choices we make can affect opportunities if the community gets access to it. Now, very quick bit of advice. Do you know when I finished speaking to those students on the Gold Coast? I said to them, they could type in questions at the end. And some of them would be put up on the screen and I'd pick one out. Do you know they had dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of questions after the presentation? There will always be questions about this, but go back to the basics. If there's something you're not sure of, you can research it, you can talk to someone who you think you may know. But here's some basic advice. Now this is very basic. Something can always be done to help, no matter what it is. Nobody in your life who cares about you expects you to keep it to yourself. These are serious issues. So what we do is we use the same people in the physical world that we would use if we had a big problem in the physical world. We go to them. If you get one of these sent to you by somebody, if it arrives on your device, you delete it immediately. If you don't know who that user is, you block and delete them. If you do know who it is, maybe you just want to delete it. If they send you another one, this is the price we pay for using technology. We have to step up the maturity level and we need to have a conversation with them. If you want to remain connected with them, if you want to keep them in your life, you have to talk to them and say, hey man, don't send me that stuff. I mean, if someone finds this on my phone, my life's gone. And do you know what? I'm not going to accept it from you because I don't want you to go down that path either. So I'm looking out for you. Don't send me that stuff. It's not right. I don't need it. If they continue to pressure you or send you that sort of content, you have to start to question, why doesn't my friend respect my wishes? Surely they can respect the fact that I'm asking them not to send me those photos. They don't have to. It's their choice. So you have to question that. Maybe you feel you need to block them in a social sense and talk to them about that. Maybe you move on. If the images, if you get, uh, if you think that the person depicted in the images is a vulnerable person, maybe it's one of your friends, or if you think they're putting themselves in a position of danger, you need to talk to someone about that. There will be times where you feel, I need to be transparent about this and show someone this, this image, if I think it's that serious. If you have sent these, you can talk to people and say, I shouldn't have sent that, do you mind deleting it? If they're your friends, they'll go, no problems. If it's gone out into cyberspace, you probably can't get it back. If it's in one of your accounts, delete the account, delete the photograph. If it's on your device, delete it. I always recommend block, delete, uh, have a conversation with somebody to show that you're transparent. Never copy it, never print it, and never forward it. Never rename it, never deal with it on your device, like move it around into folders or whatever. Even if the folder's called delete later, 
Don't drag it into a folder because that shows knowledge and control. You have dealt with illegal material and you'll probably be arrested for that. The best thing to do is delete it. If multiple copies are coming in and you feel you're losing control, you need to report it to somebody. But remember, something can always be done to help. They're just some general bits of advice. So we go back to blocking people, deleting material, having a conversation. I don't think, if you, if you can show that you've made your choices based on good faith, that you'll ever have a problem. Guys, there's going to be people online and even in the media that try and trivialise this, where some young people think that this is just funny. I've seen people, young people sitting in police stations and they weren't laughing then because their lives have changed forever and guess what? They never imagined it would be them sitting there. The best thing to do is just to stay away from this stuff. If you have been involved in it, maybe you feel you need to have a conversation. Unfortunately, it's not all good news because if you have sent them to people that you don't know, you will never ever get them back. They are out there for the rest of your life. I have to say that. And if you feel uncomfortable about anything that I've spoken about today, go and talk to a trusted person. But if you can do those things I suggested, you're reducing the risk right down to nearly zero if you, take the, if you, uh, um, you know, follow those steps. It may never appear again to affect you. Um, maybe as you get older, if it does appear, there's something you can do to get rid of it. And because you're older, it doesn't have such a, a, an effect on you. Maybe you're very settled in uh, yourself and the life that you're, you're leading as you get older. But something can always be done to help. Talk to people is the best solution. Um, thank you very much. Stay seated. I believe your principal is going to dismiss you. Good luck for the rest of the year, particularly Year 12s. Um, and thank you. Thank you. And we hope you found Brett Lee's seminar informative and beneficial. If you would like to know more about this topic or email a question, go to the Internet Education and Safety Services website at www.internetsafeeducation.com. This podcast was produced by Tracy Burton, featuring music by Paul Cusick. Thanks for listening.